Hello and welcome to the Accepted Podcast, a college admissions podcast for the savvy student. My name is Tyler Kusinoki. I am an admissions consultant working out of Tokyo with students from all over the world to help them achieve their college dreams. If you like what you're hearing and want to support this podcast, be sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your platform of choice. Do subscribe and hit the bell icon for notifications to stay up to date. Leave us a rating or a comment as well as that really helps this podcast reach more people and lets us know how we're doing. Today, we have a very special podcast for all of you. just wanted to use this as an opportunity to introduce our guest. We have a guest today. It's not going to just be me going on and on and on and on. So Tokyo Academics, which is where I work, it, the college consulting is not just me. It has never been just me as a one-person show. And we are a very big group of very accomplished admissions counselors and instructors who really do a great job of mentoring and guiding students as they try to achieve their goals in terms of university applications and admissions. And so over time, I want to use this podcast as a way to introduce you to the rest of the team who are all excellent in their own right. And uh, so I had an opportunity to sit down with Harry Hu to talk with him a little bit about his own experiences and what he views are the upcoming challenges for the for college admissions going forward. So just wanted to take this opportunity to share that interview with you, share that conversation with you. I think it's very insightful and uh, there's a lot that Harry brings to the table in terms of understanding of the admissions process. So uh, without further ado, here is that interview. Enjoy. All right. So today we have a very special guest with us here today. I would love to introduce my colleague, Harry Hu, who has been working with us for a little bit of time now, but he brings a pretty extensive background in college applications and admissions to the table. I'm really excited to have him on and answer a few questions, especially about this past uh, admission cycle um, and any sort of notes that he's taken away from some of the students. So uh, Harry, welcome. It would be great to maybe just start off with you talking a little bit about yourself and let our audience know a little bit more about your background. Absolutely. Thanks, Tyler, for inviting me to the uh, Accepted Podcast. Uh, what an honor. My name is Harry, and I'm the Director of Operations for College Counseling and Essay Counseling here at Tokyo Academics. I've been at this role for a little bit over a year, and uh, it's been tremendous working alongside Tyler, learning and executing on some of the students' plans and application strategies. So a little bit about, about me, I graduated uh, from Georgetown University with a degree in International Economics. And since I've worked for the U.S. government on the international education front in this great state of Indiana, not uh, don't ever go there, but unless unless you get admitted to Notre Dame. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> After that, I, I worked for international schools in China and also uh, admissions consulting agencies in, in China, in Japan, and the U.S. And I, I joined uh, Tokyo Academics like uh, a little bit over a year, and it was truly, truly uh, rewarding uh, working with a lot of TA students this past semester. And I feel like I, I learned so much. Great. Thank you. So it's been kind of a wild year uh, in terms it of sure admissions, um, it has, especially with international students. And I think a lot of those things are only going to get crazier with um, kind of Supreme Court decisions coming down around affirmative action um, with the changes to test prep. And there's just a lot of things going on in the college landscape. So um, just based on the students that you've worked with this year and just some of the experiences that you've seen from families that you've worked with and the counselors and they, who they're working with, what do you think it takes now to be a competitive college applicant? Oh, what a tricky question. Uh, uh -huh. and, and a very 
deep question as well. Uh-huh. Uh, I think judging from this previous cycle, having an excellent academic baseline is pretty much, uh, it, that's a no-brainer. I think in the previous years, this has been true, but I think especially for this past year, where like you said, right, record number of applicants, uh, record number of colleges on each student's list, just, uh, having an ex- excellent academic baseline is pretty much expected. Whether if you have, if you're on the AP curriculum, it's how many APs are you taking? Are you taking the hardest ones? Uh, what are your test results like, right? And if you're on um, IB, what does your projected score look like when you apply? Those things uh, are key factors when it comes to a baseline determination. And I would say that uh, outside of that, our students... Um, who have done well have uh, demonstrated this uniqueness, right? I think um, um, uh, Tokyo Academics has trademarked it as the X factor for students who are who leaves an impression, who are different from their peers. I think they tend to do very, very well. Um, so what, regardless of what that looks like for you, which um, for you guys, right? Whether it be on your essay, whether it be on your activities, you really need to be miles apart from your peers, especially if you guys are applying from school where you guys have similar experiences, similar competitiveness in terms of academic rigor, right? So what can you do? What can you do to set yourself apart? I think that's that's very, very important. Mm. Yeah, I think that's true. I think what's been interesting this past cycle is that even students who kind of had a lot of those things when applying to the top, top tier of universities were still getting deferred oh, or rejected. For sure, so yeah. um for so for the students that did get in that um you are that you worked with or that you were aware of, what did you think were the most important factors? And if at the end of the day, legacy is the most important factor that you found, oh, in not terms even like you right. Feel free to say that, but I'd just be curious to see what you think was the most important factor. Yeah, good point. But like, I would just like to bring up not even legacy, right? We we have worked with a couple of legacy students, um, well, just this year, right? And they either have been waitlisted or something. Right? Mm-hmm. What I think what uh, what colleges are looking for, especially Ivies, are are super legacies, um, like multiple generation mm-hmm. legacies. So that that's going to be hard to to achieve from an international. Uh, front. Um, but in, in the students that I, I have gotten in, like during ED1 and EA, for those students, like uh, the thing I noticed is imperfection, right? Mm-hmm. Struggles mm-hmm. and imperfections, whether it would be in your interviews, whether it be in, most likely it's going to come out through your writing. Um, they, you try not to be perfect and good at everything. Um, in your in your personal statement, work uh, you know feature a time where you failed, do some personal struggles, right? Like I had a student overperform this year. Uh, we worked on an essay that was for privacy reasons. We're not going to name names and talk about the actual content, but it, the breakdown was like the the essay going forward was him complaining about somebody of mm-hmm. their their way of handling things of interpersonal, you know, uh, relations, and then at the end a complete spin around where he admits that this was me. Mm. Right. And I, this is something that I needed to work on. Like someone uh, made me realize that this wasn't healthy and this Mm. is not good. And I'm, I'm the bad guy, right. For him to turn around and just make that such a um, selfless admission, I would say, I think that that essay just scored very well with, with the admissions committee. He was able to uh, get his ED and he was a huge overperformer. I think he was a 3.4 GPA student, 
Mm. And his his ED was to um, I think top thirty, and he was mm. able to 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 get in, and he was uh, very happy. And I think part of it was his experience was very unique, and the mm. the fact that he's in the imperfect package, right? Because mm. if you come across as something that's like perfectly packaged, mm-hmm. it either tells the admission officer that you have external help. That's number one. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. number two is just a lot of uh, things become disingenuous. Yeah. Right. Um, so that was one of my mm-hmm. takeaways for, for for this cycle. That's really interesting. So a lot of students who are worried, given given what you just said, a lot of students worry that like talking too much about their struggles will actually be a red flag and talking about their challenges or talking about things that they've been through, even though it's been a huge part of shaping their story and can kind of reflect some of this humility and the things that you've talked about, um, they tend to shy away from it. What would you say to them? Oh, that's a very, that's a very good point, Tyler. Um, I would just say that um, obviously for each individual student, the, the case is going to be a little bit unique, but I think there's a healthy way of presenting your struggles and perfections, and there's an unhealthy way, right? If you present them uh, in terms of portraying personal personal growth, which is like, I started out this one way and then ended up another, like a better way, right? Like that would be a healthy way of, um, of presenting your struggles. And also you don't necessarily have to have successfully dealt with, dealt with the problem, but you have to, you know, uh, intelligently and eloquently talk about your plans on, on, on dealing with these shortcomings. And also like, they need to know you have a plan that you recognize this, right? So like talking about it matter of factly and, and come at it from a personal growth angle is always the way to go. But if you're presenting your struggles as and imperfections um, from a point of uh, like a pity party, if you're trying to win um, sympathy points, that is not the way to go. Um, I, I think um, if you make that clear distinction, you can execute very well on, on just being just like, I'm not perfect, but I'm here to learn and grow. And I think that's a very good position to be in as a student, right? Like uh, from a college point, if you're already perfect, why are you coming? <laughs> it's it's mm-hmm. like that. We're like, what else mm-hmm. can we teach you? So mm-hmm. there's a good way and a bad way of executing, I think, on most things. And this is uh, essentially a what degree of separation do you have between sympathy versus I'm genuinely trying to grow. And I think having a consultant work with you at least even a little bit to to suggest, um, oh, this looks fake. <laughs> this is not healthy. Maybe mm-hmm. you shouldn't do that. I, I think uh, having just like an extra set of eyes on your essays and on your personal statements, it's going to make a whole world of difference. Absolutely. And I think given that though, given what you've said about kind of hardship and struggle, a lot of our students and most students who are attending international schools are not struggling um, in, in, in any way, right? Their biggest struggle is, oh, uh, our Wi-Fi is a little bit too slow, or uh, I need to share, I need to share my giant house with some <laughs> other people because all my parents are working from home now. Yeah. Right. Like, so the 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 concept of struggle, like, would are you suggesting that, hey, we need to actually go seek out something that is going to be difficult and taking it on um, so that we can, so that the student can have these experiences. Because I would agree with you. I think that the students who growing up have gone through something significant 
and meaningfully challenging, are much more self-aware, are much more mature, have a much more developed voice, um, and are much more appreciative of how far they've come. And their, their, their way they frame struggle is much more resonant, right, with people. But especially in this climate where the biggest diversity piece now is socioeconomic, mm-hmm. right? Um, how do you advise students who are living a very charmed life um, to develop the experiences and the mental, social, emotional growth that would be necessary to communicate all of those things effectively on a an essay or in an interview? Right. That's uh that's a fantastic question. I think um just you know with our students, especially from the international student community, that tends to be <laughs> the baseline, right? Um, but also I think uh a rare opportunity here would be if you wanted to present the type of struggle and imperfections, your I wouldn't say status, but I think your charmed life needs to be acknowledged right off the bat. Um, right. Uh, if you acknowledge it and then work on something else, uh, something deeper uh, than just, you know, having material things are good and uh, uh, wanting for nothing is good. But is that all there is to life? Right. You could have you could be ha- struggling on a on a more esoteric level. Um, it could be interpersonal. Right. Like at at, at a you know, uh, at a setting where everyone has uh, comparable advantages. Right. Like then what are some of the struggles that that uh, that you experience? So these are some things that needs to be highly personal. And I do do recommend going on a personal level. It's going to help you establish that personal connection with the reader as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can be mature about it, I think that's one of the, the things um, I, I also noticed. If you can have a mature outlook, uh, just like be real. Don't hide the fact that you're rich, hashtag, right? Um, mm-hmm. Don't try to hide it and don't see it as like a negative, because everyone applying from your school has similar settings. Um, you just need to acknowledge it and then move on and focus on something real and more personal. Um, like um, uh, it may be uh, like some of the most powerful essays I, I've read this this semester has been um, students coming to realization that like the world isn't so rosy. Right, like I, uh, I had a uh, I had an excellent essay again for personal, uh, for privacy reasons. We're not going to go into the details, but it's basically a a student who's interested in studying business, and they started mm-hmm. a a very cool um, uh, charity in helping mm-hmm. helping people. But in executing this charity, she's met with waves and waves of challenges. Basically, mm-hmm. essentially, people telling her you can't do this, or like are mm-hmm. just not supportive right and her, her the coming away from that struggle was hey i'm doing something good for the world i'm trying to put positivity out there why isn't everyone supporting me right, right. like why this is so obviously good for everyone like why isn't everyone supporting me right, right. and then she comes away from that lesson uh, uh coming from uh, coming away from that experience with the lesson that the world isn't so rosy and it isn't it, you shouldn't expect people to uh, abandon their prejudices or abandon their priorities to support you all of the time right and mm-hmm. as a as a high school student who's thinking about going to the you know doggy dog world of uh, business i think that that's a very valuable lesson to have and it's it's nice to learn it now 
and that was one of the 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 the, big, uh, the best essays I've read this this season. And uh, just to go back to your question, this is something you can work on, right? This is while you come from a a charmed life, but it doesn't mean that it's without struggles, right? You could be struggling on on other fronts, uh, and be um, you can be mature and grateful for your 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 status, but you know, be also uh, open to talking about some personal struggles. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I think I think a lot of students just because they live in such a bubble, their whole like hashtag blessed um, is very it's it's it struggles to resonate with a um, group of admissions officers who are looking for some uh, some difference or some. Oh my gosh, so true. Sort of difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why it's so important to 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 get a consultant to get some feedback, right? Did you did you yeah. see did you see the movie The Menu? Yes, oh my god remember that girl yeah. at the end was like yeah, which yeah. school did you go to she was like brown and it was like yeah, financial yeah. aid and she's like no <laughs> it's like you're back back. <laughs> it, it's kind of like that isn't it yeah for admissions it is right it is very much like that so i think with that in mind right um if you had some of your if you had some of it because i know quite a few of them as you didn't get them until like this year of application right if you could get them as freshmen right if you could get them earlier on in the process what would you try to encourage them to do because a lot of families who are listening to this are not just rising seniors and this cycle will be kind of the first big cycle where the formative years of end of middle school early high school where you're learning algebra you're learning how to write a complete sentence (laughs) properly um all of those things kids missed out on because of COVID, mm-hmm. right? And so academically, your brain, your, those kids are now becoming seniors. So if you could take a couple of your kids and you're like, man, if I had had you as a freshman, right, what do you think you would be advising them to do? Right. Oh, that's, that's also a tricky question. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it, it's it's going to be on a case-by-case, case, <clears throat> excuse me, case-by-case case evaluation. But right. overall, um, academic stability, um, I think, for students who are who are, uh, are going to be applying from this year on, I, I think my advice is that COVID can no longer be counted as a valid excuse, right? Yeah, um, and we are seeing more and more um, schools go back to test required uh, mm-hmm. versus test uh, test optional, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I I would say uh, number one advice I would have for students who are younger is to have an academic trajectory that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Don't embark on an academic trajectory that that you think the admission office wants to see. It needs mm-hmm. to make sense for you academically and also um, from an interest perspective, right? Like if you are, let's say, a super business oriented, then like why are you banging your head against the wall on, on, on physics, on science, just so you can be more competitive academically, right? It, it doesn't help your narrative. Um, like yeah. the, the better thing to do would be to have uh, complementary external factors to accompany those goals. That's number one. And number two, I think everyone can benefit from this is start writing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like uh, fictional stories, like just start writing. And also poetry, people pe- uh, people discounted, including me when I was a high school student. It's like, why do I need this? Um, right. It's, it's uh, not just teaching you the methodologies and techniques of writing well. It's teaching you to think differently, too. It's like, how should I structure a narrative um, for the reader to to have maximum likes, right? To, to generate the maximum amount of resonance with my readers. Yeah. Um, that could be useful for, for you from uh, on a, a number of angles, not just writing. Obviously, it's going to help you with creative writing, uh, but it also teaches you how to think, 
right? And also yeah. with public speaking uh, and just making sure that um, you're, uh, you, you're speaking to your target uh, audience either with your writing or with your actions. I think um, those are my two, two biggest advice for students who are younger. Yeah, okay. Good. Um, and along with that advice, uh, one final thing before we get you out of here. SAT is changing, test prep's changing. And you brought this up in your previous answer that like, hey, look, some things are going back to the new, back to the old norm of like, we kind of like having a standardized test as a metric. Um, with the changes coming to the SAT that are for international students, that's going to happen in like a couple months. Um, how do you think test prep just the test prep as a whole is going to be um, a factor in admissions. Should a student, how much time should a student dedicate to getting those scores up there, especially if upon repeat performance, they're maybe not inching anywhere closer to their goals. Should I keep trying um, or is my time better spent elsewhere and how should I make those decisions? Oh yeah, that's also a very good idea. Uh, that's a good, also mm -hmm. a good question, Tyler. Um, so for uh, for our listeners out there, for um, the SAT, for especially for international student is, is changing. So you guys will be the guinea pigs this year. For students mm -hmm. who are in the uh, state still, I think you have until August uh, to get your affairs in order. Uh, but uh, right now, I don't think we have enough stats to to make any uh, conclusions or assumptions about how effective the new SAT would be um, for in terms of college admissions. So my advice for uh, younger students is wait and see. Once we have more stats and once the prep materials become more available, uh, I think we can make a much uh, better determination. In either case, you, you should be on Blue Book. They have four practice exams uh, for you to, you know, take a crack at, see where you're at. Uh, but just know that the, the test material itself would be um, AI based. So all, no two tests are going to look the same. Um, and just see how it goes. It's going to be shorter. So I think it might do well with students um, who struggle with time uh, or you might have more challenges. My advice is if you are a younger student, grade nine, let's say grade nine, um, maybe this year, wait and see. For 10th grade students, uh, take some practice tests uh, on Blue Book, and then also please um, get acquainted with the ACT because it is a very suitable uh, substitute. And I, I would say that um, ACT is a little bit more reliable in terms of making progress. So doing um, having some sort of backup plan, like if you, because if you're 10th grade this year and you you take the SAT and you just feel so out of your depth and this is so something you're super not accustomed to, I think switching to ACT right now is, is still in the cards for you. And I think similar rec recommendations for 11th graders. Um, this is truly unfortunate. You are truly the fresh batch of guinea pigs uh, for this year. So try try uh, the new SAT, see if you like it. If not, ACT will be your friend. In any case, uh, Tokyo Academics does offer mock tests on both uh, ver uh, both tests, ACT and uh, SAT, and we have also the digital one as well. So come in, try your hand at either one and see how you do. And obviously go use your effort and time on the ones that you think you can improve the most on. Awesome. 
boundless wisdom. <laughs> and so um, if you are interested in more of all, where that wisdom came from and hearing a little bit more from Harry, first of all, he will be um, popping back on this podcast every so often in the future, either for us to have discussions similar to these or to kind of talk about things that he feels are important to the College of Missions from his perspective as well. Normally, if you were another guest, here's where I would ask, where can people find you, right? What's your hashtag, <laughs> right? How do we find you on Twitter? But obviously we work together. So, but maybe we can conclude here. If I want to hear more from you, or if I want to maybe consider starting to work with you or a member of Tokyo Academics, um, how should people get in touch? Ah, uh, really easy. Uh, come to tokyoacademics.com uh, and click on the admissions consulting service tab. And we have a, a free consultation. We offer free consultation hour long, breaking down your college admission strategies, uh, school lists, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we're very easy to find. Um, and, and also Tyler's on a similar space. So if you want to speak with either Tyler or myself, go to tokyoacademics.com and click on the free consultation tab. Right, Harry. Awesome. Thank you so much. It was wonderful to be able to have someone else on and uh, pick your brain a little bit about this past cycle. That will be it for this week. Harry, thank you so much. Thank you, Tyler. It's been an honor. Mm-hmm.